Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Today's podcast is brought to you by G3 Conference 2018. Right now, if you go and register for the conference and use the code BAR, you get $40 off of your registration. You don't want to miss this conference located in Atlanta, Georgia, from January the 17th through the 20th with great speakers such as Stephen Lawson, Vody Bakum, and many more. Go now and register. Don't forget, use the code BAR for $40 off. Enjoy the bar. Yo, welcome to the bar. Come on and pull up a seat and open up your Bible. What a wonderful feast. The living bread and we're discussing what it means for the streets, the inner cities and the burbs and every person we meet. This where we tell us worldviews that we hear from world news. In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you. We're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces. This is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it. And this is for the truth lovers, biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations. Yeah, welcome to the modern the reformation yeah the bar biblical and reformed welcome everybody to the bar it's your boy Dwayne in the building right back in here another tuesday super excited uh because recording this today on wednesday the second and it's the big homie mr shatario's birthday and for his birthday i got him a big surprise and also gonna be a surprise to you guys as well uh but first before we introduce our guest uh i'm gonna let shatario say what's up what's going on big dog yo what's up fam talk about it i'm excited i'm pumped let's do it Yes, sir. Good deal. Yeah, Shatario, I kept this guest hidden from him for a minute. And um and we, we basically kinda kept it on the low till he jumped on the call just now. But we have uh the brother all the way up from up top. Uh well maybe not quite up top, but uh but close. Uh Mr. Doug Logan. How are you, sir? Man, wonderful. No complaints. All is well. Happy birthday, Shatario, man. Praise God for you, bro. Man, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right, Doug. Well, pretty much most of our listeners know who you are. Uh, there may be a small percentage that don't. Uh, so what I always like to do with my guests is to uh, give them the floor to give a uh, kind of a brief introduction of yourself, anything you want to share, whether it be ministry or personal. Just uh, give the little bio snippet. Oh, man. Well, listen, man. 
the Lord has been gracious to me. I get to serve. Um, I get the blessing of planting, um, founder and pa- lead pastor of Epiphany Fellowship of Camden in the great city of Camden, New Jersey. I wear a few hats. I'm, um, recently wrote a book called On the Block, Developing a Biblical Picture for Missional Engagement with Moody Publishers, which um, the Lord is very gracious to me. I never wrote a book, so was really excited wow. about that. I also serve as um, um, Vice President of Connectivity for Thriving, um, and, which is an uh, ethnic minority urban um, church planning um, resource collaborative where Dr. Eric Mason, mm-hmm. my, my pastor, serves as the president with some great people like Pastor Blake Wilson in Houston, Pastor Jerome Gay in Riley. So I serve with those brothers and also serve as the vice chair of the Acts 29 executive board. Um, so, yeah, and got three kids, 29, 20, and 19, and three grandkids. So married about 22 oh, man. years. And, um, yeah, man, that's my bootleg resume. It, it'll, it'll help me make about $40, $40 a week, and I'll be happy. Amen. There you go. There you go, man. That's what's up. Yeah, that's, you know, uh, it's it's really, I guess, kind of ironic. When we first started out this podcast uh, a while ago, uh, we had, um, golly, his name just slipped my mind. But one of your members that wrote the article about um, um, Christianity Ernest being Grant. white man's religion. Ernest, Ernest yes. Yeah, we had Ernest, Ernest on. Grant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, really dope, man, because I remember him saying, like, you know, I got to check with my pastor, you know, make sure everything's cool. So I appreciate you giving him the thumbs up back then and then also, uh, you know, uh, uh, coming on now. So I want to start out with the first question. um, And and I'm going to let Rio ask his questions or whatever. But um, but just I guess. For a lot of my listeners, because we're we're in South Carolina, I know you say you were in Charlotte sometime. You know, not too far mm-hmm. from from Charlotte, but you know, uh, with the whole, uh, I guess, urban quote unquote context, uh, what would you say w- was probably one of the most, uh, I guess, difficult things when it comes to uh, have starting a church in you know the area that you're in, which Camden is actually you know pretty, I guess you could say, well-known for uh, crime and things of that nature. What were some of the things that you ran into uh, at the beginning of, uh, of starting there? Well, at the beginning, well, from, you know, again, I served at, I planted out of Epiphany Philly. You know, Epiphany Philly is my mother church, my sending church, um, you know, where Pastor, Pastor E, Dr. Eric Mason is the pastor, man. And I just had a great elder team, so they prepared me well. I was close to the context. Philly to Camden is like, across the bridge, so like less than 10 minutes away. And so for two years during my residency, while I served at 10th Prez in Epiphany Philly, I was going back and forth. So they gave me the latitude to sort of put the primer down on the plant before I go back and lay mm-hmm. the paint down on the, when, when I would go take, when I would go hit the ground. So I guess, you know, a lot of the challenges that many planters face in the urban context are the dry start, you know what I'm saying, when you right. jump in, and you're and you're thrown in. I had been primering the place for a while, and so that one was that one was combated. You know that. So by God's grace, He used that to. So by the time I move in there, I I've met hundreds of people in the city going back and forth uh, for two years. So that was gotcha. that was one big obstacle to overcome. But I guess one of the challenges is in a city like Camden, um, where there's 
there's, I'm sure, some gospel preaching churches. Um, there's right. a lot that aren't, and um, but they're good folks. So running into people in the city, particularly the evangelical community, with a guy like me, reformed, you know, black earrings, tattoos, my wife being white, some people had mm-hmm, a problem mm-hmm. with that. That became a problem right. for some evangelicals. Um, yeah, that became a problem. And, you know, so they were standoffish to me. Some guys were just flat out mean. And so I got mm-hmm. a warmer reception from people ha- who hadn't met Jesus than a lot of pastors in my city. And then at the wow. same time, man, I was received well by, I mean, we rented our first building at a Catholic church. One of the biggest things was trying to find a church building. That was the one of mm-hmm. the biggest challenges, a place to meet. And, and so, and a place to meet also that um, we could afford and also mm-hmm. that didn't, you know, what I've learned in ur- urban planning is a lot of cats from the block don't want to go to a school because that seems like you're a corny church. You're, you're, you know, uh, people used to tell me, mm-hmm. Pastor Doug, when right. you get a real church, I'm going to come. But why are you over here? Wow. I'm not going to come. When you start really <laughs> having a real church. And so that was mm-hmm. an issue. So we were trying to meet. And by God's grace, man, I, I couldn't get no traction at no no even Delta wouldn't give me no love, not a whole bunch of love. You know, mm-hmm. listen, some of them dapped me up and loved on me, but in terms of hardcore partnership, I wasn't getting that. Right. And so um, mm-hmm. a Catholic pastor, um, Father Gerard, man, that dude said, come on right now. He took me right in. <laughs> he threw a number out there. I said, man, I can't afford that. He said, what you want to pay? I told him. He said, sold. So, I mean, it was wow. the easiest deal. I said, man, <laughs> he said, where you going? I said, I'm going to give me some oxtail. He said, well, I gave you a good deal. Give me some oxtail. So I went and got him right. some oxtail. And, um, yeah, so we were there. So one of the challenges is coming in and trying to partner with the existing people in the city, and they look at you funny. So right. that deep, trying to get a, a level of, a, of relationship within the people in the city, is it was hard for me. And it was hard for me because I come – from a church where I'm loved up big and, um, right, and right, I just right. wasn't used to sort of that sidebar shunning. Gotcha. Wow. That's good, man. I'll be honest, Pastor. Like I can listen to you tell your stories, man. Like, like I remember listening to you and, uh, and, and Jimmy talk, man. And I, it, it just, I don't know, man. It's just something about your passion and, 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 and the realness about it, man. Cause even just talking about, you know, uh, the, the situation with the Catholic church, man, it's just, I could just, I was about to tell you, keep going, man. Just keep talking. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I, 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 I try to put some structure on it, man. I probably try to put no some problem. structure on it. So, um, even with that, man, um, you know, uh, uh, building, I guess the community or, or trying to establish a, a place in the community. Um, because like I said, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of local pastors and a lot of guys that, um, a lot of guys that, that are planning churches that listen to the podcast and they tell me all the time, cause we do a, what we call a local pastor spotlight once a month. So, uh, I know they're going to eat all this up. So even, uh, you know, getting established, like you said, you know, with the, the people in community building a relationship, um, as far as teaching go, because some, some guys, you know, you think, you know, you come in and you're just going to reform them out, tulip them out, you know, what what were what were your steps in establishing sound uh doctrine and theology in that area i mean you know i kind of know already but i want you to tell my people cuz uh, uh i want you to put that out there well 
you know, I'm, I'm unapologetically uh, uh, a reform guy. No question. Right. But I'm not, uh, I don't have a reform tattoo on my forehead. And right. I don't use the language reformed. You know, Alistair Baker right. said one mm-hmm. time, to ask him how did he become reformed, he said he read the Bible. And, um, mm-hmm. and so in that, the relational capital that was developed with me living on the block, being on the block, I'm from the block. I'm from Patterson, New Jersey, one of the most dangerous cities in America. Pastoring in Camden, America's most dangerous, most violent, most poor city. I lived there with my family. We had a whole Pastor Ernie and me and Pastor Josh. We moved into the block, bought houses, remodeled them. My oldest son, 29, mm-hmm. is a contractor. He's doing one house. People knocking on my door. Pastor, you think your son can come down and fix my thing and fix my this? So long wow. before a launch, there was relationship and family. So by the time I open right. my mouth and dig in that core group and I start unpacking the tech, man, I what by God's grace, I've tied in the reality of who God is through the word. And I don't use the word reformed. I use the word Bible. <laughs> it's right. the Bible. Right. So be, be, so remember, preaching is, is a Sunday. Discipleship is, a, is, is often all the time. And in the hood, you know, mm-hmm. folk get saved. They trying to get away from people, places, and things. So cats down at mm-hmm. my house all the time. So we walk in the text, gotcha. talking processing that in in relation to the in relation to court in relation to parole officers in relation to racism in relation to mm-hmm. elitism so so the, the the bible studies we get are real life and by god and and i'm unapologetically reformed um again but i'm mm-hmm. not screaming at i'm screaming god is sovereign i'm a one-point calvinist <laughs> Jesus saves, not me. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I have. I don't chip in on it. If I do, I dirty it. And so that's gotcha. been received well um, mm-hmm. because it's been matched not with just lip service, but it's been matched with me being at court. It's been matched with me showing up to the parole hearing. It's been matched with me, you know, Pastor Ernie one time, one of our bros was locked up, went to, you know, daddy daughter day for him. You know what I'm saying? Like, so when they mm-hmm. hear us talk, they're much more receptive because we're trying to live this thing with them and we're trying to teach them how to live it. And so by God's grace, man, we opened it up and I'm, and you know, I'm a one trick pony. I'm gonna walk this tech. We're going to talk about it. We're going to put it in relation right. to some real life. And by God's grace, man, it's hit people hard in the head and ain't nobody arguing with me about no predestination of election, you know, hmm. Ain't nobody arguing that question with me. I, I don't. And the second thing here, let me lay this too. I yeah. went to a a, a, a a post-post-Christian context in Camden. I got three generations, almost three generations, never been to church. Uh, so I wow. wasn't fighting against somebody with an alternative idea than my theology. Right. I was fighting right, with somebody right, who right. was asking me. I wasn't fighting with them. I was teaching somebody who was asking me, who's Adam and who's Eve? Hmm. So they weren't arguing wow. about this camp and that camp and ultra-lapsarian. Nobody was talking about that. They were saying, when you pray, Pastor, everybody calls me Diddy. So when we pray, Diddy, do we put? We got to put our hands together? See, I wasn't having those fights. <laughs> mm, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, I was breaking up fights from, you know, I wasn't having. Mm-hmm. I was breaking up jokers on the block fighting, but I didn't come to the, I didn't need to fight. And so often gotcha. when people come to want to fight, 
they're often not my, they're not Camden residents. They're people who are already reformed and, you know, and want to have that argument. And I quite frankly don't have time for that. I got people dying and going to hell. I got murders. I got single parent mom. I got single parent homes. I've got bad water in the city. Um, you know, I, you know, man, we trying to plant some churches. We trying to raise some money. We got folk that we trying to keep from going to jail. We got kids, you know, we trying to get situated. And mm-hmm. I, I, I don't have time to argue no theology. Um, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to share the gospel with some folk and mess around and see a bunch of people go to heaven. And so if you want to argue mm. theology, man, go to a conference with some, with some people <laughs> on the bike. My folk, you start arguing with me and argue with folk at my church, you might argue with the wrong one. It might beat you up by mistake and apologize. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, so yeah, so um, I've had no problem with that. That's not been an issue for us. And I'm unapologetic. I'm a I'm a stinking Presbyterian of all things. So um, <laughs> most people don't even know what that is. <laughs> In my right, <laughs> right. Gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. So I haven't faced those issues. Gotcha. Wow. That's uh, that's cool, man. And you know, uh, when your uh, Pastor Ernest uh, said pretty much the same thing. That's why you know I said I kind of know what you're gonna say. Um, because he, he really, uh, talked about you guys' attention to the gospel and attention to, you know, uh, preaching the gospel and, and, and trying to reach souls, man. So, you know, that's legit. And honestly, at the end, you know, there's a place for all that, you know, for those, that, like you said, those conferences and, and all of that stuff. Um, you know, there, there's a place for all that, but you know, you guys up there, that, that's, that's not, that's not your reality. And, uh, and, and I wanted you to say that so that my listeners know, you know, cause some people think they have to be the next, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Or they're trying to be the yeah. next, you know, it, it's not that, you know, you, you, whatever, uh, whatever situation you in, you have to, you know, adapt to that and, 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 and use the weapons that God gave you. I think, uh, Shatario, you, you good to go now, boss man. Uh, he yo, was he yo, was doing yo, some moving yo. around. There yo. you go. All right, you you take over, I'm man. I'm back. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm back, man. I'm with the I was with the wife and uh, kids and doing the family stuff for my birthday. I was like, man, get me home, get me home. The bishop is online. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, man. So I was listening to what you were saying, <laughs> and I just want to amen it because I agree. Um, I think too many times as reformed folks. As much as we love our theology, we can, like, get caught up in debates rather than getting caught up in the gospel. So with that being said, my question for you is what motive, what keeps you motivated to evangelize in your city when you are just out and about at the restaurant, at the coffee shop? Like, what what keeps you motivated? Because, like, for me, a lot of times it's so easy to just get kind of in the swing of just being lazy about it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great question, bro. I I think um, you know, well first, I'm 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 wired weird. So, I get energy from convos. I get energy from the block. You know, when the fire hydrant come on, man, that stuff don't bother me. I'm like, they come to folk, you know, when I live across the street from a basketball court we remodeled. We call it the East Spot. It's called Epiphany right. Safe Place for our teams. So, I see them catch out there playing and and I feel I can play better than all of them anyway. So I go out right. there and go balling with them. I, and then I 
and then I got a cooler with wheels on it, so I bring two cases of water with ice. I'm like, oh, Diddy, man, Diddy got that water. And I was like, yo, man, but you, you got you to gotta play me to five. I need a fair one to five <laughs> before you drink it. And so being right. a part of the block, being in the block, often it's not sterile. It's not sterile for me. So when I'm on the block in my in my hood, like I know these cats, and these cats got stories. Like, like these cats be telling me, like I remember one time I said, "Man, I'm about to do this sermon series early on in the plant. I want to do this sermon series." On I was in First Peter, and I forgot what chapter I was on, but I wanted I just would take random camera with my son who's a videographer man and we and i was recording this dude i met this dude one time i was balling against him you know i beat him and um and he was younger than me by about 20 years i still won i, I just want to say that for the record and um yeah throw that in now there you go ahead fam. please know that and so i said bro i'm about to do this sermon series man i want to get your questions on some of this man so i started talking about the context of first peter and I said, how do you think about that in light of the church today? Man, that dude just started talking about, man, people dying, him losing his best friend, his mother dying from cancer, his sister getting shot, man. And, like, he just ran that. I mean, like, and I had played against him that day. I was sweaty. He was sweaty. We just recorded it, and he dropped some heavy stuff on me. And that became the pattern. If I would meet you, I would say, man, what's up? I want to record you. I'm doing this sermon series, and I want to get a real live, I call it the block report. I want to get a report mm-hmm. from the block on what this text looked like to you. You know, you're a Christian. Nah. Well, tell me, you know, how you feel about the church. This is what it should be doing. How do you feel? And everybody would drop the heaviest stuff on me. Therefore, wow. your life on the block in connection with people puts you in evangelistic turn-up because these are people you see, love, and know you don't want them to go to hell. And so that uh, uh, turns into like, it's like trying to evangelize your, your mother who might have been an atheist most of her life and she on her deathbed and she's been a good mom but didn't know Jesus. Then you're going to preach your best sermon every chance you get. You're going to be on your knees and you're going to preach until the doctor says she's gone. And so that's where I'm at. That's how I think oh, about mama. Camden, man. Camden is a waiting room. For, for heaven or hell. And I'm going hard as much because I see these people. I know these people. These people love me. I love them. Man, it's urgency, bro. I, man, I, man wow. I ain't trying to fill up my church. I'm trying to fill up heaven. And if they come to my church, Ooh, wow. come on. that's good. That's good. But, um, but yeah, Doc, so I feel that urgency. And personally, I feel that urgency because I'm from the block. Man, ain't nobody coming for us. Shoot. And so if I'm there... I'm going hard because I'm here. I'm a block dude going after the block. I'm not no import. I'm not no import. I ain't been, you know, I, I'm not, listen, man, I ain't no imported micro beer. I'm, I'm born and raised right on the block. I was raised, ruined, and resurrected <laughs> in New Jersey. So when I go hard, I'm going hard for the state I've been in. I'm going hard for where my mother and my father was in New Jersey, my relatives, my cousins. Man, I want to see some folk go to heaven. I want to see some folk become pastors. Um, drug dealers will mess around, be the best pastors, because they used to getting stuff done illegal. Imagine them with the Holy Ghost, man. Oh, come on. So, oh, um, so I see the potential, the stuff, man, and, and I, I want to see them come to Christ. And lastly, the Bible sort of commands me to do it. <laughs> right, right, right. So, right. Somewhat. The Bible puts me on a perpetual mission 
of engaging and reaching and challenging and seeing. And, um, yeah, man, so that's the urgency. That's the urgency. Oh, and um, and I've got to learn to balance that better. Sometimes I go too hard. But, um, yeah, but it's an urgency, man. I see too many. I, I'll tell you this quick story. There was a young man in my neighborhood. His grandmother was telling me, like, Pastor Doug ain't been to church. You ain't, I ain't seen him. He wilding a little bit. And I said, okay, let me get When I holler, I'm going to see him. So she was really on my top, like, yo, Pastor Doug, for real, man, I need you to get to him. I said, well, I'm a fisher of men. I'm not a hunter. And so, um, mm. uh, so Grandma <laughs> wow. was like, Grandma was like, all right, all right. I said, but Grandma, I promise you, I'm going to get to the ball. I, that's my little young ball. And so next thing you know, I seen him. He was floating through that morning. I said, yo, bro, man, Grandma about to knock my head off, man. Bro, you got to, what's up with you? Nah, Diddy, I just been, you know, I got a girl now. So, you know, I've been, I was like, come on, bro. Man, we got to walk in this gospel, bro. Man, man, listen, I, I ain't even met the girl. So what's good with you? Come on, bro. What's up? You know what? You right, Diddy. I'm going to holler at you, man. I'm going to be there this Sunday. And I got to knock on the door at 3 o'clock, man. That boy got shot like eight times. Dead. Mm, in wow. the street. Two wow. blocks from my house. You know what I'm saying? Like, I did more funerals than weddings in my city. So it's an urgency, wow. brother. And so that level of stuff, man, it, you, you, we got to be on turn up because, man, listen, um, tomorrow, you know, old church, we say tomorrow ain't promised, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. right. <laughs> tomorrow ain't promised. So um, it ain't promised for me or them. So I'm going to go hard. I'm going to go hard in the paint. Hard as I can. Wow, man. There's so much from that, man. Dwayne, we're going to have to title this hashtag evangelism turn up. I like that. That's fire. <laughs> man, so Pastor, I, I think Lord, about let me it. ask you this, man. How do you, Go ahead, brother. I know it has to be, like, tempting to over-contextualize trying to, you know, reach cats in the hood while also being a faithful expositor. How do you, how do you balance, you know, being faithful to the text while also contextualizing so that, you know, the cats in your context that you're preaching to can understand it while also not watering the text down. Well, here's, here's the reality. Um, and I'm going to say this, and I don't want you to get me racially wrong here. No, no. no you <laughs> I, grew up, I grew up in the black church. Right. Black church always contextualized. Right. <laughs> you, we didn't teach most of the pastors I grew up with didn't go to seminary. Nevertheless, they didn't go to school. So in the church I grew up in, he wasn't an educated man at all. But I tell you what, he was an old man, led my mother to the Lord. He, his grandfather was a slave. <laughs> and so when he preached, yeah, he didn't use words like ecclesiology. He didn't use words like, you know, eschatology. You know, he say mm -hmm. Jesus is coming back. You know, ecclesiology, right. he say, you know, <laughs> the, the leaders, the elders, you know, he ain't used mm -hmm. that. But I tell you one thing he made clear was a story from the block mixed with our deep need for Jesus, mm -hmm. a thing in the middle missing, which is called trust and belief in Christ. And the reality of who Jesus is, my old preacher, Reverend Robertson, I've got him in my book. He, listen, he preached that every week. 
He ain't say the Greek word. He didn't say nothing. And somehow, in his not-so-educated self, man, that boy preached the Bible. And my mother is wow. in heaven, died in 1983, led to the Lord by a person that would never call himself Reformed or a Calvinist. But he, mm-hmm. but he led him to the Lord. And in the old church, we say, make it plain, Doc. And you know what yeah. he did? <laughs> he made it plain. And so... That So now what we have and what we have the blessing of is I'm on his shoulders, right? He went to separate but equal schools. He didn't go to the Walmart and he couldn't go to the Woolworth and sit at the counter. His his grandfather was a slave and all of Jim Crow South and all of that couldn't halfway go to seminaries until the 70s when they pulled the ban. And so now we get I get to ride his shoulders so we get to be the 2.0 version. We get seminary. We got Kindles. We got books. So I'm going to keep making it plain, like Reverend Robertson, and I'm just going to put some theological hot sauce on it so that the collard greens blend with the cabbage, and then when the juice flips over to the chicken, it all works out. And so, and that's that's all. So, so we just put a. We just, you know, I, I always joke and say the old church used neck bone. We just used smoked turkey butts. You know, we just a little okay. bit more healthy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We, oh, hey, love look, it, yeah, we we trying to get you from diabetes to the to the gym. That's all. We're trying to work you out a little harder. And, mm. um, yeah, that's all. And so for me, contextualization is the reality of communicating a message that people in my context can understand. I don't, if I preach a solid reformed theological sermon and they don't understand it, it's a bad sermon. It's an awful sermon. (laughs) And if I preach a good contextual sermon that has bad theology, that's a bad sermon too. So so we've got to preach the Bible. We've got to preach it with clarity, in context of the text and in the canon in the text and the overall thought into our redemptive historical narrative we've got to bring that out but that's a you know you 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 couldn't teach reverend i couldn't nobody taught reverend robertson how to turn the corner with that illustration nobody taught him to to get to the close and and preach us happy that's an art so he blended the need for jesus with the same need that the crack at with the heroin addict in my day had. He blended it with the satisfaction. Ain't nobody teach him that. That wasn't seminary. That was him going to the corner store past the heroin addict. That was his cousin who may have been a drug addict. And he saw that depression, that dependence, and he wanted it. And so, brother, I'm saying in terms of contextualization, when we get the, the heartbeat of our city, when we're in relationship with people in our city, when we're spending time and engaging people in the marketplace, unbelievers, God-haters, listen, we're going to learn to make it plain or ain't nobody going to come to your church. <laughs> wow. Second, yeah. That's real. Second, That's Jesus, real. Jesus never taught a class on contextualization. He just contextualized very well. And for the record, Paul nor Jesus ever stated reformed. Paul nor <laughs> Jesus never stated expository. I'm not against expository. They never stated that. Jesus just pops up and 
and says, blessed are the poor. <laughs> I'm like, yo, <laughs> where's the sermon <laughs> intro? What's the, what's the thematic idea? No, nah, blessed are the poor. <laughs> yours. Oh, the man, come on. He just pops out of nowhere with something. Paul just pops out of nowhere with something. Paul says, Paul says, Paul says, um, I see that y'all religious. <laughs> so Paul contextualizes and contends for the faith and never compromises, right? He contextualizes, mm. contends without compromise. Wow. Jesus contextualizes and contends and never compromises. And they weren't three points in a poem like we are. That they they right. just weren't. And so we've got to learn. And so my heart has been, how can we be robust in, pre, in, in theology and in practice within the sermon? That's what Dr. Eric Mason taught me. He taught me how to preach. Mm. I came to him thinking I could preach. He told me, no, you, you, you're okay, but you're bad, and I'm going to fix you up. And he <laughs> fixed me up. And, um, mm. um, and so by God's oh, grace, gosh. man, we got to be ro- we got to have a robust explanation but we got to have a robust application all rooted in the scriptures running through our redemptive history. That's why, and that's why it's such a story art, right? Hey, look, right. G. Patterson preach. What, what they start screaming when G. Patterson start talking, tell the story. Tell mm, the story. That's right. So G. Patterson, Bishop, Bishop, just tell the story. And before long, he had all of us a mad, Man, he tell a story about Jonah. Next thing you know, you feel like your feet is wet. That's how that boy was preached. He tell a story about the desert. Next thing you know, you need some water. So we've got to wow. tell the story. Contend for the faith. Contextualize without compromise. And our models are Jesus and Paul. The two to say the least. Two, two, two just off the top. Jesus and right. That's what right, right, they right, did. right. Wow, that good stuff, so man. Good. Man, this is so good. Yeah, like, good stuff. Well, right here, uh, as Sitario gather itself and 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 get get it together, we're gonna take a quick break for uh, one of our network partners. I just want to ask: in our present day, we talk about the Reformation not being over. The Reformation is not over. When we see in the evangelical church the the types of things that we're seeing, where puppets have replaced preachers. The Reformation is not over. Join us this January as we spend an entire weekend focused on the practical components of discipleship. It's a conference for the local church. Reserve your seat and book your hotel by visiting g3conference.com. So we're back, and uh, Pastor Doug Logan has been in here uh, dropping bombs, and uh, I know you guys are enjoying this, and, and while we were off, he agreed to do a part two. So in the spirit of the part two, uh, we're going to actually get out of this one, and I'm going to ask my bar signature questions. And my first bar signature questions for you is what kind of music do you listen to when you're riding you know nobody's around and it don't have to be don't don't give me the the gospel or whatever tell me the real this is the bar we keep it real and i know i ain't got to tell you that pastor d pd but uh what kind of music you be bumping man man i've been bumping some sean c johnson a minute and um okay 
Yes, I love uh, that 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 vibe. That bro be killing. He's his music is so honest and is non corny. And mm. um, <laughs> I, I've been listening to my boy Buck Barnabas from Rochester, New York. He's yeah, he 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 he's got that '90s boom bap. So I like that a lot. And um, right. who else I've been listening? To? I've been listening to Twenty One Pilots. Yeah, okay. Yo, son. Man, them cats, them cats trying to say something, man. I like them dudes. Right. Nice, nice. Other than that, man, I, I'm just your, I'm just on your regular, regular corny, regular old stuff. You know, K Love and Kirk Franklin praise when I'm when when, <laughs> when, when you know when I when I got the XM radio when I when I rent a car with XM radio. That's what I listen to. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, man. I feel you. All right, man. Um, okay, next is uh, what podcasts or sermons do you check out, you know, other than, you know, your stuff when review or whatever? What podcasts and sermons do you listen to? Man, um, I, I, I got a few sons in the ministry, so I, those guys are real encouraging. So I, um, I, I, I truly enjoy um, Dave Rosa. He does live. One of, one of my sons that I ordained, he's out in um, Cruciform Church in out near Miami. I, I truly, truly enjoy him. I've got a bunch of CDs, man. I, when I was serving at 10, I still love Dr. Mm. Montgomery Boyce. So I still listen oh, to yeah. those old CDs. I still got them. Uh, what other podcasts? You know, Dr. Paul Tripp, my good friend, man, that dude, he always got something to say. Um, makes you cry, laugh all at the same time. You don't know if you need <laughs> coffee or, or a nap <laughs> when he gets finished whooping up on you. And, um... <laughs> I really, really enjoy them, and and I and you, and I, you know I'm quick to steal something from Eric Mason. I listen to him just to steal and rebrand right. with my name on it. You know that's right. called legal plagiarism. That's he told me one right. day. He said, "I'm trying to make you a theologian. You're just a thief." Mm-hmm. So <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So, yeah, so that is I, too I funny. enjoy him. And one of my other ones, cats I like is um, a pastor by the name of. Pastor Chris Atwell at Portico Church in um, Charlottesville, Virginia. Okay. Yeah. So that's nice. that's pretty much what I'm on. Good deal, man. Good deal. All right. Well, those are the bar signature questions. Kind of my, you know, questions that people like wouldn't normally think to ask, or even you know, people wouldn't normally think to answer. Uh, kind of gives my listeners. Uh, a different side of you, you know, other than ministry. But uh, I pretty much think anybody that know UPD uh, is pretty much you give them the same side, no matter where you at. So that's that's legit. So uh, let's let's end this show, man, uh, so we can start this part two. And uh, and and I guess I I don't even know how I'm gonna do this yet. This is the first time this ever happened. So uh, y- y'all know me. I like to be organized, and so my mind is like really going right now. So on that note. Uh, we're going to end this show, and, and and we'll check y'all next Tuesday. Make sure you check out the website, www.thebarpodcast.com, and make sure you tune in, I'm guessing, next week to hear part two of this awesome podcast. We out of here. Amen. We out. We out.
What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get a invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there